own scales and a tail and kaboom. Chapter One. Malau raced through the moonlit treetops, nervous energy driving him deeper and deeper into the forest. He had to put as much distance between himself and Khan Zen Temple as possible. Ying had returned and was more dangerous than ever. Malau leaped off the gnarled arm of an ancient oak and soared through the night sky. He landed on the limb of a young maple and paused. He was lucky to be alive, let alone to have escaped uninjured. The same was true for his brothers, Fu, Sei, Hawk, and Long. Kanzen Temple was in ruins, and its warrior monks, Malau's older brothers and teachers, were all dead. Malau began to tremble. The thunder he had heard was a devastating new weapon called a kiang. With the twitch of a single finger, a soldier with no training at all could now kill a kung fu master. Ying carried a kiang and with it the power of a dragon. Still, that hadn't been enough for Ying. He had carved his face and filled the grooves with green pigment. He had forked his tongue and ground his teeth and nails into sharp points. Ying now looked like a dragon, a crazy, vengeful, sixteen-year-old dragon. Malau shuddered and grabbed hold of a thick vine, he pushed off the slender maple and swung feet first toward a large elm. Scatter into the four winds and uncover Ying's secrets as well as your own, Grand Master had told them. Uncover the past, for it is your future. Malau released the vine and somersaulted onto one of the elm's upper limbs. Why did Grand Master hide only us five, he wondered. What makes us so special? Grandmaster had provided only one clue. He'd said that Malau and his four brothers were linked to each other and to Ying. Malau guessed it had something to do with the fact that all of them, including Ying, were orphans. Still, that didn't explain much. It wasn't like any of them could have had the same parents. They were all too different. Malau glanced down at his small, dark hands. He was a monkey-style kung fu master— Nothing at all like Fu, the oversized, over-aggressive twelve-year-old tiger, or Sei, the tall, secretive twelve-year-old snake. He differed even more from Hawk, the pale-skinned, logical twelve-year-old crane, and Long, the wise, muscular thirteen-year-old dragon. <sighs> Malau sighed. He missed them already. <gasps> A twig snapped, and Malau froze. He glanced around, but couldn't see anything from high in the tree. Cautiously, he swung down to the elm's lowest limb for a closer look. He peeked through a clump of new foliage, and his heart skipped a beat. This part of the forest looked awfully familiar. His plan had been to travel in a straight line away from the temple, but he'd always been really bad with directions. <gasps> Another twig snapped. Malau crouched low on the large limb and held his breath. A moment later, he saw a soldier on patrol, one of Ying's soldiers. Malau shivered. He'd run in a big circle, and now he was right back where he'd started, near Kanzen. The soldier was headed in Malau's direction. Malau watched him closely. 
Heavy armor covered the man's body, and he carried a short wooden stick about as long as Malau's arm. Malau got a good look at the stick as the soldier passed through a pool of moonlight. The stick was nearly as big around as a monk's staff and was made from a very light-colored wood, white waxwood. The entire surface was decorated with intricate carvings that had been colored brown with a hot piece of metal. The soldier was still some distance away, but Malau knew exactly what those carvings were. Monkeys. Malau's upper lip curled back. The warrior monks of Kanzen Temple, or any temple for that matter, were not allowed to have personal possessions. Personal possessions meant a tie to the greedy world of men. So the monks owned nothing and shared everything. However, within Kanzen, weapons were an exception. Though they weren't supposed to favor any one more than another, Kanzen's warrior monks almost always did. Malau's favorite was called a short stick, and the specific stick he preferred was now in that soldier's right hand. Malau hugged his knees tight and began to rock back and forth. That soldier had helped slaughter Malau's friends and family and burned down the only home Malau had ever known. And now the soldier planned to walk away with a souvenir. Malau wasn't about to let that happen. As the soldier passed under his tree, Malau focused on the rhythm of the soldier's strides. When the soldier's right arm went backward and his weight shifted to his left leg, Malau dropped from the tree like an anvil. Thud! Malau's feet smashed into the back of the soldier's left knee, and the knee buckled, slamming to the ground. Malau grabbed the stick and flipped forward, twisting it out of the soldier's hand and leaping onto a low-lying branch. He grinned at the soldier and waved the stick. Get down here, you little monkey, the soldier said, staggering to his feet. Malau shook his head and scurried to a higher branch. Don't play games with me, monk. I see your orange robe. You better not make me climb up there after you. Malau turned to leap to another tree when the soldier raised his voice. I said get down here. Malau stopped. If the soldier raised his voice any louder, reinforcements might come. Malau had no interest in fighting an entire garrison of soldiers. He needed to do something fast. He zipped to the opposite side of the tree so that he was directly behind the soldier, facing the same direction as the man, and jumped straight down. He landed with one small foot on each of the soldier's shoulders. The surprised soldier tilted his head up and grabbed onto Malau's robe. Malau slipped his stick under the soldier's chin, pressed his knee against the base of the soldier's head, and leaned back. The soldier choked and teetered backward, letting go of Malau's robe. He swung his arms wildly, trying to knock Malau off his shoulders. Malau responded by shifting his weight forward. The soldier toppled over, hitting the ground face first. He struggled, but Malau held the stick firm until the man's body relaxed. Malau slid the stick out from under the soldier and rolled him over. The soldier was breathing slow and steady. Cautiously, Malau rested one of his bare, dark-skinned feet on the man's nose and wiggled his toes. The man didn't flinch. The soldier was definitely unconscious. Malau giggled softly and slipped his stick into the folds of his robe. He paused and looked around. Kanzen was close, 
he might as well check to see if any of his brothers had circled back. Perhaps he could even spy on Ying and uncover some of his secrets as Grandmaster had instructed. <gasps> Grandmaster? The last time Malau had seen Grandmaster, he'd been alone with Ying inside the burning practice hall. Those two would probably fight until only one was left standing. Malau darted forward, silently following the soldiers' tracks back toward Kanzen. Chapter 2 Inside the smoke-filled practice hall, student and master stood toe-to-toe -to -toe in a fight to the death. Flames rolled like waves over the rafters high above, casting shadows across Ying's carved face. His black eyes burned hotter than the fire overhead. He popped his knuckles, one at a time. Grandmaster stood solid as an eighty-year-old oak. You know the real reason I've returned, don't you, old man? Ying spat. From the look in your eyes, I can tell, Grandmaster replied. I hate you. I know. Ying spread his arms wide like an eagle and began to circle Grandmaster. Why did you raise me to be something I'm not, he said. I thought it was best, Grandmaster said in a calm tone. His head turned slowly, his eyes following Ying. Best for who? Ying snapped. Best for me, I suppose, Grandmaster replied. Kanzen needed an eagle. Perhaps I should have chosen something else. Something less... aggressive. Then what should you have raised me to be? Ying asked sarcastically. A dog to follow you around and jump at your every command? You should have raised me as I was meant to be raised.